your 6th grade announcer, G-Force O'Neal, with Charlie the Dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron Don's free buyer and seller playbook. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's episode 353 now of the Ron and Don Show, our first episode of 2022. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, I just got back from Maui. I'm going to share some things I learned uh, while over on this smaller island as I was thinking about 2022 and what my mindset is going to be. And I write down things every year, write a little post-it note to myself. I put it on my computer. I did that last year. And in fact, I shared with you what my mindset was, the things I wrote down uh, in episode 347. So you can go check that out if you like. In the meantime, coming up, Ron gave me a really cool podcast to listen to. Uh, we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about Dave Grohl's new book that's out that I had an opportunity to read as I was flying over to Maui and then fly back with my little boy and my mom. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk about this real estate market, Ron, because here we come hard charging. And this time of year, as real estate agents and other real estate agents in our office, for instance, we would say, you know what? Let's just get homes prepped and get ready for the springboard that is the spring market. But something very unusual happened during the holidays. We see that now being pushed into 2022, typically in the summer. And during the holidays, the first part of the year, there's a lull in the action. There is no lull right now. How do you see the market? And what do you say to people that are like, hey, I want to sell in 2022 and I want to use that spring springboard. Do you got to wait till spring? This is an interesting dynamic because a lot of it, when you use the word mindset uh, in your open, a lot of it comes in my mind down to mindset. If you're one of those people that likes routine you know how you like predictability. You like your life to be ordered in a way where everything makes sense and there's a space for everything and everything goes in that space. Then this is total, this is culture shock to you because it's things are not behaving the way they quote unquote always did. And you might think, oh, this is an anomaly. This is just uh, something weird is going on. Or if you're someone that I think can have a little more flexibility, go, wait a minute, something is changing. And if I don't change with it, I'm going to be left behind where five years from now I'll be the person like, wow, I didn't know this was going on. And It's like, no, all the signs were there if you pay attention. You're right. The old model seems to have changed. Now, it may come back, but it doesn't seem like it is in our market specifically. In other words, we may return to a time when, you you know, come May or, or, you know, March, April, May, that there's a hundred houses available in Queen Anne and Magnolia like that may happen, but I don't think it's going to. Um, we were talking to an agent the other day that said there are six homes for sale in all of Magnolia, Washington. Wow. Right now. That's nuts. And they said, I've never seen that ever in my several decade career. Six. I, I We have a client that has written 10 offers and not won a house yet or not had an offer accepted. We were in Juanita, where you and I used to live together back in the day. There was one listing for residential. One in Juanita. 
And so, and we wrote an offer on it on the first day it was live and they had already received two other offers on day one and, and we didn't get that one. So um, I think if you are wanting to be in the real estate game, it's very interesting to me because A, you can live there. Unlike any other investment you have in your life, like I cannot live in my 401k. I cannot add a, a new bathroom tiles to my stock portfolio. I can live in this investment vehicle. So there's that utility there. And then also just as an investment vehicle, what's what's outperforming it right now? Unless you're some sort of day trader or you bought Bitcoin when it was at $5 a, a coin, what is outperforming real estate in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know because you're getting you know, uh, appreciation, depreciation, as you always said, and you can use it uh, as rental income. So like, it's very, if you want to get into it right now, uh, this is, to me, I'm excited by it. Like, I don't get intimidated by it. I don't get uh, depressed about it. Like, it it does suck when you're with a client and it's like, hey, we didn't get it again to keep enthusiasm up and say we need to press forward. So let me ask the question again, specifically, maybe I didn't ask it well enough for people that are waiting for the spring. And I'm not talking on the buyer side, because I think if you're a buyer right now, you should be chipping away with all the leverage you have and get in the market. And you're going to feel like you overpaid in a year from now. You're going to feel like you got a hell of a deal. And 10 years from now, you're going to be very wealthy from that piece of real estate that you purchase. Probably, especially if you're within the sounds of our voice here in the great state of Washington. Spring bring, being a springboard, do you need it if 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 you want to list this year and in, in, in the first quarter of 2022? Oh, if you're listing, you should do it yesterday, because if you were the second house on the market in Juanita, guess what would have happened for you? You would have had multiple offers on day one. So if you are a, a seller, you've been thinking about this, and and, and again, I talked to a client recently. He's like, maybe we moved to to Panama. Maybe we move to Costa Rica. I can buy a house on the water in Panama for two hundred grand, uh, and I can work remotely now. And I was like, "Well, let's talk about that." And if you want to do that, like I can help you sell your place here. But the point is, people, there's and a you could work a, for a drug cartel as a bandit. You could. <laughs> you, you could be on on season five of uh, Ozark. So yeah, if you're thinking about listing and moving to Arizona, or you're going to move out of state, or you're going to move closer to your kids, like yesterday's the day. Yeah, and especially if you have a house where there's something wrong, has deferred maintenance, and you know there's some work coming up that you haven't done, you shouldn't pay for that work necessarily right now because the real estate market is so hot. Sell the house and let somebody else do the deferred maintenance. Also, if you're on a busy street, like for instance, we sold a house last year on 65th. We sold it for a lot of money and way over ask. And the bottom line is on 65th is a really busy street. And the down cycle of the market, no one's buying a house on 65th. They're just not. But right now, someone's buying a house to buy a house just to get in the house, even if it has deferred maintenance, even if it's on 65th. Uh, we just sold a house in West Seattle that was a hoarder house for one of our investors. We sold it as a hoarder house and the thing still brought close to half a million dollars. That's what's crazy, crazy, crazy about this market. So we're in a market right now where the seller rules, the buyer drools, and maybe that will change as interest rates go up. But right now, if you have a property that you want me to come see, I need to see it. See if we're going to bring in some crews, spend some money, and if we're going to force some more appreciation and sell it at top dollar. But we may be able to sell it at top dollar. We have a house on a beautiful double lot right now, uh, somewhere in the Seattle, Tacoma, Fife, and Fremont area. I can't tell you. 
Uh, but I will tell you in the future, because we're going to list this in about a month from now. And we got builders that want to buy it. We have retail buyers, people off market. We had an agent. Uh, and it's it's a house that's lots of deferred maintenance and le- needs lots of work. But there's nothing else for sale in this neighborhood. So this house will probably garner four to $500,000 more than it would have just a couple of years ago because of the accelerated market. And to Ron's point, what is going to outrun inflation right now? It's going to be real estate. So put on your real estate shoes. We're within the shadow of tech. If you're thinking about forcing appreciation, I'm an Airbnb super host. I know that game. Uh, I have half a dozen of those. I play the 30-day, the short-term, and the long-term rental market. So I know that. And I know how to cash flow, get that depreciation, appreciation going. And if we have to come in and fix something, we work with lots of crews that will come in and they'll put us at the front of the line because we use them all the time. So if we need to lay some carpet, if we need to remodel a kitchen, if we need to pull out a living room and do something different, if we have to build some dormers, whatever it is, finish a basement, now is the time to really think about doing that because you will be the only one literally in town with a house for sale. And there is so much competition for that house. So time, time out one sec. Did you just use your son's junior high slogan on yeah. something rules and something drools? Yeah. Boys Are we in dro- sixth grade boys, now? boys drool and girls rule. Of course I did. Uh, hey, you guys, make sure you go to ronandonsitdown.com or just ronandon.com. Or you can write Ron directly, ron at windermere.com. We'll give you a free free buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook, and let's get going. I can't wait to see what we all do in 2022. See you on the other side. You can just tell that uh, that they're just real genuine guys and and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we got got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with... with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now, and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit, but it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. When you're ready to sit down with the guys and talk about your real estate journey, just go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. 
Hey guys, welcome back to the show. As you just heard, and this year you're going to hear from a lot more of our clients. Uh, we have a lot of success stories we want to share with you. And the cool thing is, we just had something called a Sunday Supper, invite a lot of our clients over. And boy, do we just have a blast together. In fact, I saw some of my clients in a restaurant the other day. And we're hugging, we're loving each other. We got a baby on the way. They're introducing me to their brother who's here from out of town. That's what we like. We like when we become the fabric of your life and you become part of the fabric of ours. And we just happen to maybe do some real estate together and collectively, we're not gonna get rich overnight, but we're gonna build wealth slowly and uh, we're gonna leave a legacy for our family uh, for years Wait, to I'm come. not getting rich overnight. I'm out of yeah. here! Ronadonsitdown.com if you need us. It all starts with a Ronadon uh, sit down. Let's talk about Paul Simon. You sent me something that I listened to on the plane heading over to Maui with my beautiful mom, Virginia, and my son, G-Force. We went to see our friends, Jennifer and Joe. We spent the New Year together. We had a hard time getting there like the rest of you because storm's coming, storm's going. Uh, and we actually you got picked st- a perfect week. We actually got in stranded in Maui. Alaska Airlines called and they said, hey, we're going to have to push you. And I'm like, how many days? They're like two. And I'm like, I went to my son and I said, hey, I got some really bad news. He goes, what, daddy? We're going to, we're stranded in Maui. We're going to have to spend two more days here. On the pool. Boy, was he, he elated. He didn't have to go back to school right away. Uh, Paul Simon kind of describe the way that this podcast came together. It was extraordinary, and I loved it so much. I listened to it on the way over, and then I really slowly listened to it, and I savored it. So I listened to it twice while I was in Maui. I was so moved by his journey of the way that he became a singer-songwriter, how Art Garfunkel fit into that, and then also what he did as a songwriter early on and how Paul Simon actually, you know, a lot of people like the Rolling Stones, your best work is when you're 21, 22, 23, sometimes 18, 19. You look at the Beatles and kind of that seven to 10 year run. A lot of Paul Simon's work, he kind of got famous later on because he was writing songs for other people, including Art Garfunkel, right? Yeah, th- this was an, an interesting thing. And just to give a little background on this, the book is called Miracle, Miracle and Wonder, which comes from a, a lyric that Paul wrote on the, I think, the Rhythm of the Saints album. But to give a little context, we probably all heard of Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, very, He's the guy that's famous for writing the 10,000-hour thing. Blink, Think, Tipping Point. All of those books. A lot of those books he's taken. He's like the Brene Brown sometimes of explaining shiznit to us. And he will take really interesting concepts and studies, and he shares those in his, in his book, and he's pretty open about this. He shares it in a way that an eighth grader can understand it. So I've been enjoying his books a lot because that's about my education. So here's the thing, like you and I have known each other almost our entire lives. His Ron and Don to him is Malcolm and Bruce. So his childhood friend is Bruce and they grew up together from grade school. They both love music. Uh, They were into sports together and have been friends their entire lives. And so and then Bruce was just thrilled to watch his friend get to the heights that he did and have such success with all of these books. And so several years ago, they were hanging out and Bruce said, Hey, what if we did a music podcast together? You're talking about Bruce and Malcolm Gladwell right now. Correct. You're not talking about, cause I'm a little confused. I'm talking about the background of where this book comes from. Okay. So, the, so Malcolm so Gladwell, best friends with Paul Simon, they're best, no, best friends. friends with each other yeah. since grade school. Yeah. So they formed this podcast company. And they start doing a music podcast. And what uh, Malcolm Gladwell realizes is 
hey, when I'm doing these books research, I go and I talk to people. And he goes, it wouldn't be that hard for me to put a microphone in front of their face. And then instead of me telling you what they said, you can just hear what they said. And so about three books ago, he said, let me try this. So he wrote, I forget what the book three books ago was. And he did that. And then the previous book to this one was called The Bomber Mafia. And it was about World War II and how we came with the bombing protocol. And so when he went out, he would interview people. And then in the audio book, you hear the people. And you, whenever you're reading a biography, you're like, I wonder what this guy sounds like. You get to hear the actual people. And so he's done this. And so for his third book, him and Bruce were getting together, his childhood friend. And he's like, that'd be great is if we could talk to Paul Simon. <laughs> we, we both, both of us that have al- always loved Paul Simon. Yeah. And we, we listened to their records back in Canada when we were boys trying out for the track team. And so I, I forget how they, they, they uh, came in touch with Paul Simon, but they asked Paul Simon. He said, sure, I'll do a book. So they set up recording sessions where Bruce and that'd be like me and you going to visit Bruce Springsteen or whatever, or Bono. So it's like their, their childhood musical idol. They would go and just start recording. So they just sat down and they're like, they had a bunch of questions. And what they found out is that Paul Simon was a great storyteller and would just, once they got him going in a direction, they would just go. And they did hour after hour of interview and Paul Simon started to get into it. So, and they have some in the book or the, the podcast where they would, Paul Simon would go, Hey, when are we getting together again? It's like, okay, so they would go, I think they went to Hawaii once and they went to his studio on the East Coast once and they go wherever he was, the uh, Bruce and, and Malcolm would go and they would interview him. And so the interesting thing or the thesis of this, it's a book, but it's also an audio version that they sell through their, their podcast company. I, I like the audio version better because you get to hear Paul Simon say it in his own words and not just say it but he's sitting there with a guitar right and he's breaking down not only the keys and the chords how it evolved but then he's giving you a snapshot of like a bridge over troubled waters the reason he wrote a bridge over troubled waters and it kind of reminds you of what's happening today it's because of all the racial strife that was in america when he wrote that song and dr king had been shot JFK had been shot. And so he really felt between the black and the white community that there needed to be some kind of bridge because when it came to race relations, there was really, there, there were these troubled waters in America. So with that song, he wanted to build a bridge. And after 9-11, uh, Lauren Michael called him and they, he talks about this. He's with his guitar. He's explaining the story. You hear him strumming bridge over troubled waters. And then when, when he returned to Saturday Night Live, he was the first guest to return. And Lorne Michaels said uh, he, he gave him some particular songs that, that you need to sing. Uh, one of them was The Boxer. One of them was The Boxer. And, and, and then he was considering also the song A Bridge Over Troubled Waters. He ended up singing The Boxer, but it's really interesting. Because in his mind, it's art song. Yes. Bridge Over Troubled Waters, right. artie song. And, yeah. and it goes back to when he was 13 Paul Simon's mother said to him, Paul, you have a fine voice, but Artie, Artie's voice is amazing. And that struck with him his entire life. So he never felt like he could sing the way Artie sang. 
So anyway, so, but so the, he wrote the, that song. Art Garfunkel Art performed songs. it, and then a number of years later, everybody else was performing it. And Aretha he said, performed "He it. said I have to figure out a way to perform my own song." And so he changed the key, and now he performs it uh, in his own. Because once Aretha got a hold of it, it was just a different and he, thing. And he altogether. talks about how delighted he was when she got a hold of it. So the thesis of the of the book and the audio version, "A Miracle in Wonder," is uh, or the one that I took away from it is what's different about Paul Simon in that his creativity has spanned decade after decade after decade. And, and, and Malcolm talks about it. He's like, look at the Rolling Stones. They still perform today, but when's the last time they had something creative? He goes, they really did all of their creative work by the time they were 30 years old. He goes, the Beatles. When you look at the Beatles, and not their post-Beatle career, but he's like, if you look at just the Beatle career, they did the entire thing in seven years. Paul Simon, most people think his best work was when he was in his 40s and 50s. And he goes, that's unheard of. He goes, you don't have a pop star that became famous in their 20s. And then you say they're, he goes, who else is there? Who else would you say there was a pop star in their 20s who their best work was in their 40s and 50s? Sting. Not as Maybe. I could argue. No, no, you could. No, you could say I, Dream I, of the Blue I could argue. I, I could argue. You could argue that because because the music is more complex. You're right. I, that's and right. I, and I enjoy it more than the Police. That's right. But to your point, there's not many. I don't. I don't think there. When you look at Sting though and Paul Simon, it, it, it's a very similar road that both. of And them they took. did a tour together that I saw. That's right. And so oh, anyway, saw it. Yeah, it was it was at the Old Key Arena. Wow. Um, cool. But so the interesting thing is, and I think it especially resonated with me now freshly into my 50s, is like, hey, I've got more chapters left. I have more opportunities here to reinvent myself and to be creative and to not get in a rut. And if Paul Simon can get on a plane in his 40s and 50s and go to South Africa or go to uh, Latin America and entirely reinvent the way he writes a song... Um, why can't I reinvent things? Why can't I try something new? Why can't I have another burst of creativity at, at whatever age? So that, that was the theme that I took away from it. I'm glad it resonated with you because I listened to it and I didn't really know if how into Paul Simon you were because uh, you kind of need to be into Paul Simon a little bit uh, for this to sort of hit as hard. But it, it was... One of those things where I just turned it on and just listened to yeah, it. Yeah, the thing I love about him and someone like George Strait would never have these stories. You can never do this kind of podcast because George Strait doesn't write any of his music. Tim McGraw, the same way. Tim McGraw would not have these stories. Uh, and even when he sings that song about Tug McGraw, supposedly his father who played for the Phillies. Live Like I'm Dying. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. and It's the reason he recorded it, but he didn't write it, right? Faith does, doesn't write anything. And so when you run into a true singer-songwriter, and you can tell they're a singer-songwriter because they're writing songs for other people, uh, and then every once in a while, they record a song and they happen to pop it. Uh, Bruce Hornsby is that way. He just wants to be in a band and write songs, and he wants people like Bonnie Raitt to sing his songs. He doesn't necessarily... He never wanted to be famous. So Paul Simon, it's, it, it's interesting because he's done all those things, and now here he is well into his 70s, and saying, well, you know, maybe some of my best work is behind me, uh, and maybe I should retire and walk away, but uh, he can't walk away. So anyway, what's it called again if you Mir want to check it Miracle out? Miracle and Wonder, I recommend the audio version. Yeah. 
You can get the print version if you want, but the Malcolm Gladwell is doing something very interesting with his pal Bruce in terms of audio books. Yeah. See you in 30 seconds. Hey, it's Ron here with uh, Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. He's the official mortgage guy of Ron and Don Nation. Mitch, I want to do a little case study with you. We have a client. We introduced him to you, and you guys hit it off. Who was like, I want to get a vacation property over in Suncadia or Ronald or that area. A lot of people are thinking about that right now. What are some good pointers for that type of thing? Like, I want to get a house on the island. I want to get a house in Suncadia. I want to get a house at a golf course. Maybe we'll go out to Orcas. You want that summer cabin or weekend cabin. Is that different than when you're buying your primary house? It is, yes. And it is slightly yes and no. So investment property rates right now, I don't know if you've heard, but they've skyrocketed. Banks are trying to phase out investment properties as much as they can because there's such a housing shortage in the U.S. Second homes don't count for that, which is huge. So if we can qualify it as a second home, Hmm. it's not quite a primary rate, but it's really close. And that is just has to be something substantially different, right? You can't buy two homes in Seattle that are basically the same and call one a second home. (laughs) One of them is going to have to be an investment property. But if you're buying on an island, you're buying up in Suncadia, which is the case of one of our clients. Yeah, you call it a second home. You still get a great rate. And, you know, you're happy with a place. you And you can still rent it out, just to be clear. It just can't be a pure investment property. It has to look like a vacation home. So a lot of people fantasize about this and they think, oh, maybe it's in a year, maybe it's in three years, maybe it's in five years. But getting this financial piece in order, in my mind, you should start now, even if you're like, hey, I'm thinking 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you agree with that? Totally agree. Yeah. And I can't stress that enough. I'm willing to talk to anyone. So if you come and talk to me today and you say, I want to buy in two years, we'll put a plan together for how you can buy in two years. Right. Or we'll say, hey, it looks like you can buy in one year if that's interesting to you. I'm not going to pressure you, but financially you're sound. You can do it now. It's funny how many times once someone gets all their ducks in a row, that uh, opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah. They're just softly looking um, at housing online and then they see one that pops and they go, man, I wish I was They go hang out with their friend at Sun Katie to play golf and it's like... Wait, this two-bedroom down the hallway from you is for sale right now? Maybe maybe I buy that. I'm already pre-approved with Mitch. So uh, if you're thinking about and fantasizing about that, that weekend place, that second home, somewhere for the family on the island, uh, get in touch with Mitch, Mitch.loans. I tell him you're with uh, the Ron and Don Show, and you save half percent on a new loan. So Mitch.loans, uh, check him out today. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. I, I don't know about you, uh, as the new year approaches, I like to take advantage of the fact that it is a new year and it might be time to embrace a different mindset or to look at something differently, to really spend time evaluating it. And And that's what I got to do on this trip over to Maui. I got to wake up every day and while my mom and my son were sleeping, I got to jump on a bike, ride to the gym, lift some weights, uh, get out in the water. Uh, we went and did some uh, uh, diving out there as well. Got to be active every single day, eat from some local food trucks. It was so much fun. And it also gave me some time just to kind of sit with myself to get away from our business a little bit. And we had a tremendous year last year, thanks to all of you guys in the Ron and Don Nation. Uh, We are so grateful for that. So then I'll just kind of sit with myself. I used to follow someone who's one of our ninja coaches at Windermere by the name of Michael Fanning. And he puts up a cool, incredible quote every morning. And, and so I would take these quotes and the work that he would do around these quotes. And he does a little teaching called the morning warm up. 
Uh, and if you're a real estate agent, uh, follow him on Facebook or Instagram. It's really good. Mike Fanning. Uh, it's really good stuff. What I found, though, is that Mike Fanning was doing my work. I was reading his quote that he found. I was reading what he learned around this quote. And I found out I'm sitting here and I'm checking in with Mike Fanning, the coach, but I'm not checking in with Don O'Neill. So believe it or not, I, I, you ever put someone on snooze for like 30 yeah, days? Of course. I just put Mike on snooze for 30 days and I'm like, I need to come up with kind of my own thing here. And I need to spend some time while I'm in Maui with myself. And I did this last year where I had two or three things that I wrote down. They're right by my workstation. I see those in the morning. I light a family candle. I say a couple prayers. And then, and then we get after it for the day. And, and, and so I want to share one of those things is pretty private. So I'm going to leave it with myself, but two of the things I wanted to share with you guys. And again, it's not a resolution because resolutions always seem to fail. I try to make more decisions and this is kind of a decision about some, uh, a mindset. I was reading a Dave Grohl book. It's called the storyteller. Even if you don't like Nirvana or you don't like the Foo Fighters, he is a great storyteller. I would encourage you. Uh, he r reminded me a lot of Phil Knight. If you read his book called Shoe Dog, when Phil goes back and he tells you how he built Nike, he can do it in very. He has very specific stories and he has a very specific memory, almost to the point where you feel like he's either making it up or he must have journaled all this stuff. Dave Grohl is the same way. For the three and a half years that he was with Nirvana you feel like you're on stage with Nirvana. The band he jumped to when he's 18 years old, the band Scream, and he rode around the country in this old rickety van and slept in the van because he was the youngest, and he had to protect the instruments at night. You feel like you're in the van with Dave Grohl. I don't want to give much more away. A really amazing connection with his mother. Struggled with his father. His father disowned him. And then uh, he tells the, the, the Nirvana story, and, and then he tells the Foo Fighters story. I want to share this because he shared something that really resonated with me and my mindset in 2022, and it might resonate with you too. And he said he was sitting there, and this is after uh, he had been grieving the death, not only of Nirvana, the band, but of his roommate, because when he would go on the road with Nirvana, you may have heard of the lead singer, uh, they were roommates together. And then when he saw what heroin started to do to Kurt uh, and the fact that Kurt could not only show up, he couldn't show up for the band, he couldn't show up for the audience, he really couldn't show up for himself. And they had already heard that Kurt had died a number of times. So when Kurt really died, in a way, they were prepared for that because they kind of knew that's where things were going. But here he is uh, in this pivotal band that changed rock and roll forever in the same way that the Beatles changed rock and roll. You're the drummer of that band. You've grieved for a year. You're in your early to mid twenties. And now people are asking you, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And this is when he got a call from Tom Petty and the heartbreakers and said, would you drum for me on Saturday night live? He went, he played with Tom Petty and the heartbreakers after that gig, Tom Petty called him and said, I want you to be my drummer. I want you to be a heartbreaker. And the heartbreakers loved him. He said he felt like he was in their family after just drumming with them one time. And he went home and he sat with himself and he said, you know what? 
it would be easy for me to join Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But he had already made 100 tapes of this little band where he played every instrument on it because he knew if he, if he put his name out there and said Dave Grohl, the Dave Grohl band, no one was going to buy that album. So he hid as a guy, and it gives a reason for why he calls the band the Foo Fighters. And he started putting that music out there, and nobody connected it to, oh, that's the old drummer from Nirvana. And then he'll go in and he'll tell you how Foo Fighters were born. Two things that Dave did that he said were pivotal for him. Number one, he decided instead of joining the Heartbreakers that he was going to do hard things. And he knew in doing those hard things that he would fail, he would succeed. But whether he failed or succeeded, he knew that he would learn. So I've really thought about that in 2022, not just in my own personal life, but in our business life. What are the hard things that I can do? What are the hard things that I can do as a father, as a friend, as a son? as a business owner, uh, as a partner on a podcast, what are some of the hard things that I can even do in the community to help elevate this community? What, what are the hard things that I can do? And I'm not going to run from those hard things, and I'm not going to be afraid to fail in hard things. And so my son and I have had a discussion, he and I both, about some of the hard things that we're going to do this year. The other thing that he said at the end of a chapter, he said, I got to the point when I knew I was ready to move forward with the Foo Fighters when I started looking through the windshield of my life and I stopped looking in the rearview mirror. We will see you on the next episode of the Ron and Don Show. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back in 2022. Won't you join me in looking through the windshield of our lives? And let's stop spending so much time and effort looking in the rearview mirror. That's episode 353. Don't forget, we love it when you subscribe to this podcast. We also love the fact when you guys go to ronanddon.com and listen to the podcast or download one of our buyer's guides or seller's guides if you're doing that in 2022 with us. And also, we're always available for a sit-down. In fact, we just did a wonderful sit-down this morning uh, with Catherine, and we can sit down with you as you're getting ready for your journey in 2022. All right? As I said, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you for episode 354. Don't forget, let's start looking forward like Dave Grohl in 2022, like he says in The Storyteller, and let's stop looking in the rear view mirror. You'll see the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>